Do you know how hard it is to piss yourself on purpose? It's like your dick knows you're wearing pants. This is Zombies Ate My Podcast. Are broadcasting to you alive from the Zamp Command Center here in chilly Vermont, like winter's coming Vermont, and it's, it's definitely it's definitely chilly. Weather-wise, it's chilly. Lou, do you agree with that? <laughs> it's not. I don't think that's. I, I don't think that's appropriate, but. That uh, Lou? Hello. I'm just kidding. Lou's not even here. There's no Lou Page today. It's just me and Ryan Murphy. Ryan, how are you? I'm good. You know, it's uh I can't remember what made him laugh so much. Uh oh. the end of it is uh if you listen to the whole thing. You <laughs> 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 <He> best laughed. <laughs> I think you killed Lou. <laughs> I love your little I think you killed Lou at the end. That's I can't great. remember what we were talking about, but it must have been hilarious it was... must have been back when we were funny right bob yeah yeah maybe oh <laughs> even he thinks it's funny yeah. oh man so it was just me and ryan today lou is out uh doing all sorts of uh growing up adult things yeah like, he's you growing know, up buying, buying a house and you know moving into that house and having a house with a, a zombie fortified uh fortified house i'm sure lou is gonna have a room like I wonder if that's like part of Lou's buying stipulation was like he walked into the house and was like, "Now is this fortified enough for zombies?" What a panic room! <laughs> yeah, maybe he's got some sort of panic room. That's why he bought the house. Maybe he knows something's coming. I mean, he Just writes for AMC, maybe. right? So that's true. Yeah, he's got he's got that AMC money. He can do whatever he wants. I could, you know, I I, I when Lou is back on the show, I I think he's taking a couple weeks off dealing with, with the house stuff, but. When he is back on the show, I feel like there needs to be a new segment where Lou just gives us an update on his on his uh, zombie preparations. Because he's mentioned on the show before that he thinks about how his current location could be used against him or for uh, you know for him in terms of a zombie apocalypse uh, defense yeah. system. So. You know, when he looked at this house, like it must have something like even if it wasn't like a, the bullet point of must be defensible against the zombie horde uh, on, on the, uh, the realtor. I thought was there. It was there. It, he thought about it. So I think he has to the be... realtor. He was like, now, now this room is this is this penetrable to zombies? And then the realtor was like, what? And he's like, nothing. Never mind. Nothing. No. No. <laughs> I, I I think it'd be good to to get his take on on that once he gets settled and and we can start talking about that because yeah. I think we're all in a position of being able to make our houses fortifiable. If that's a word, it's not. But I made it up. Yeah. So I, I look forward I to man. hearing from Lou when he gets back. I was thinking the other day. So Lou and I actually northeast of the United these states united. Hmm. Uh, we we dealt with some some hurricane force winds the past couple days. Oh really? Like seventy mile an hour winds at some in some areas, I guess. Um, good enough to knock the power out at like most of New England, I guess you could say, uh, or at least the Northeast. Um, and I was kind of thinking about that, like 
as we were kind of talking about how Lou said there was tons of wind where he was and he was out of power. What do zombies do in a windstorm? Do they they just blow over and just you know what I mean? I think they would. I, I think they would blow over and and try to get back up, and it would be this <laughs> reoccurring cycle of them being blown over and getting back up because they're they have one purpose and that is to get back up and try to eat something but yeah they're just constantly just getting blown over by the wind yeah and, and like something you know something we didn't even talk about but like happy halloween to everybody yeah. or, or or post it feels like this kind of show we don't really do halloween in a big way we sort of we've we've we i don't i wouldn't call it a <laughs> i wouldn't call it a rut i would call it <laughs> a a, a focus a pattern of the walking dead sort of being the backbone of the show yeah. and uh i think halloween sort of gets second uh second shrift on this whole shindig and we yeah, should probably I, say like i hope everybody had a happy halloween yeah um, definitely i hope you guys all had lots of candy mm-hmm. and uh you could send it all to me i actually saw a rick grimes for really? halloween oh yeah. awesome good thing i didn't have my lucille with me no that would have uh, been awkward. For multiple purposes, you should have had a, a weapon. <laughs> a lot of reasons I shouldn't carry that thing around. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, that should be in a display case so people know that it is uh, a break in uh, case of emergency. Yeah. I saw display a couple zombies. Um, already ordered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, you did? So okay. I saw, yeah, yeah. Um, but I did see, uh, I just want to say this, uh, a mini Rick Grimes. A kid uh, must have been 12 or 13, which makes you wonder what the parents are letting the kids watch on TV these days. But yeah. Uh, or maybe he was just a sheriff. I don't know, but he looked exactly like Rick Grimes. <laughs> like he had the hat on, like old school Rick Grimes. You know, maybe he was Carl. Who knows? Maybe the, the thing is, no eye patch. Something I'm learning um, as my kids get older is that you kind of, at an early age, in, inject your, you know, your, your fascinations into your yeah. kids with what they should be for Halloween. Because like Caden didn't come up to me and say he wanted to be Spider Man. Actually, I, I, he he's, has a fascination with Spider-Man. I don't know what it is. Don't uh, I think it's I think it's uh, the Spider-Man movie was coming out. We were watching trailers, and I would like pick him up and kind of like lift him and and s- pretend to swing him around the room and like kind of <laughs> let go, so he gets that little bit of like you know midair, you know, and yeah. uh, and he kind of latched onto that. So he was Spider-Man. But I had about funny story with trick or treaters. Um, we lived uh, on the other side of town, and we got like maybe fifty kids moved to this side of town and now we get 200 and we Oof. ran out of candy <laughs> so oh, i uh, started having to give out like microwave popcorn <laughs> to people <laughs> and i was like okay what other individually wrapped things do i have around the house so, like in between catching the dog who's barking like crazy and answering the door to give candy out i'm like running around the house like what can i give these people oh granola bars great that won't get me granola bars you didn't no i didn't i didn't get through the microwave popcorn it was uh it started to rain thank the gods and uh we uh we got out of there but yeah no a lot of zombies um i didn't see any rick grimes a lot of video game characters a lot of like standard knights and whatnot but uh couples couple of zombies and i was really impressed a lot of the kids had really awesome costumes including Good. including the zombie ones so again just want to give a shout out to halloween it's kind of the reason this show exists really like or this content in general yeah it's, it's all yeah definitely man definitely mm-hmm. yeah hopefully everybody had a good halloween we actually have another episode of the walking dead to talk about but before Indeed. we get into that we have some zombie news Nom nom nom. Oh no, now I'm a zombie. That's what we're playing today. 
the U.S. government is ready for the zombie apocalypse, and so is Lou Page, but are you, Ryan? Nope, because I don't nope. live in the U.S. Okay, well, so we did a, a long time ago, we talked about the CDC having a zombie preparedness plan. Um, apparently, so did the U.S. government, which, even though it was like, yeah, this isn't really real, the U.S. government was like, yeah, yeah, this isn't a joke, okay? It's real. <laughs> so, they actually have a whole preparedness kind of deal um it, it, i guess sorry the exact words were this plan was not actually designed as a joke it's a counter zombie dominance plan holy crap yeah is and this is crazy because honestly to me when i saw this article i thought we talked about this before and uh you're right it was the cdc stuff but this is a different this is like the u.s yeah. government this is above that right yep yeah hmm yeah, so basically they have classifications of zombies ranging from you know the undead created through bacteria and pathogens in the air, uh, evil magic zombies created by a mystic unknown source to vegetarian zombies who eat herbaceous foods to satiate their unending craving for grains. Um, of the eight categories, one is based on reality, the potential threat of chicken zombies originating with a 2006 incident in California when the unsuccessful euthanizing of poultry using carbon monoxide resulting in haunting hens crawling out of piles of their slain sisters. Ugh. Walking around until their bodies died of internal organ failure. Huh. So chickens is where it all started. Yeah, chickens. I didn't, I didn't know that. It's... It's uh, crazy, this article is actually, there's like a two-minute video at the top, and it gives you the sort of rundown of, of this whole article. But then if you actually read the article, like you talk about the chicken stuff, it actually delves into why the military would have done this. And, and the last paragraph here is, is about the possible legal ramifications of attacking zombies, <laughs> which it's kind of, uh, it's kind of crazy that like you kind of have to think that way and that like and then they conclude that it's fair game to to go after zombies but it's uh it's interesting it's interesting that the government would do something like this but it makes sense when you know if you push aside the whole fantasy of zombies being you know this thing that wipes out all of humanity and just look at the look at the smaller side smaller scale of things where it's uh, more about you know um like the chicken thing or some some other sort of pathogen that turns people into mm -hmm. these crazed zombies we already see it with drugs like if enough people did drugs you know all at once it might cause an issue and they have to kind of look at that from a you know operation standpoint of how they you know go in there and and, and get rid of this issue so the fact that they've stated this plan is actually designed not as a joke but it's serious is uh is important and i think as the government you kind of have to have all your ducks in a row you have to be planning for every scenario even if yeah. it sounds super silly yeah and that's the thing too like you we'll talk about this we'll switch news stories up here in a second but um th there's a possibility right there's there's so much out there that we don't know so why not be prepared for it um we can switch gears and and talk about uh, madagascar plague spreading because there are relatives digging up the black death corpses and dancing as part of a ancient ritual like you do uh well, <laughs> uh, well that's not a good idea no that's how zombie outbreaks happen it's um, uh it's it's for a lot of reasons that this is bad and not and i mean i get it you know like 
you know, being respectful of the dead and having these, they're different cultures and different, um, different things that you do across, across the world that are, that are seen as normal, um, there, but abnormal here. Like I get it. Every place is different, but to a certain extent in an educated world with science, you would think digging up something that's been dead for a good chunk of time is a bad idea to start rubbing the dead all up and uh, all up alongside the living you know that, that's just asking for trouble um not from a zombie standpoint but just from like you know you could get really ill from that yeah so it's the uh the pneumonic plague is actually what's spreading it's already killed 120 people um was it this year already mm-hmm. uh yeah it was 120 this year because you know there's people that have the pneumonic plague or what they call uh black death and uh when you dig those bodies up just from sheer contact, whether they're alive or not, you can you can catch the pneumonic plague. This is a terrible idea. <laughs> like I get I get traditions and stuff like that too, but maybe maybe change the tradition. I don't know. I don't know what to do about that. That just scares me because you know, one thing leads to we've seen it in plenty of zombie movies. We saw it in World War Z, right? One thing leads to another and all of a sudden an entire world's infected. Yeah. I don't know, and, just, uh, just digging up the dead and doing anything with the dead, to me, seems like a, a disrespect of, of the dead. But I know in different cultures it's different. But they, it sounds like this is, like these photos are even just like, uh, they're hard to look yeah, at. Yeah, little, a little creepy because those are dead bodies. Yeah, and they're those wrapped in a way, bodies. like there's some wrappings in there, and it's like, <laughs> just not, not good for the imagination like quotes here one madagascar said i have participated in at least 15 famadihana ceremonies and i've never caught the plague and it's like well good for you good for you buddy good for you um let's talk about something that is good for you uh, i guess it's probably not um the zombie frappuccino from starbucks um are you okay first of all actually looks pretty cool it's like this greenish, pale green-looking frappuccino with mm-hmm. like a red dripping blood, like from the around the lip of the glass, and a like a pink whipped cream that looks like brains, kind of. Yeah, it know? was very, very convincing. Um, you could definitely tell what it's supposed to be, like a nice Halloween-themed drink. Um, I. I kind of like it. I, I like the idea of this. I kind of want to go to Starbucks and get one, but I'm not sure if it's too late. I'm not sure if it's a Halloween thing, you know, or if it's a, oh, maybe, is it a Halloween thing? Is Halloween over? I can't get that anymore. I don't know. Um, I believe, I, and I, I think it might have even been Lou's wife uh, who posted to our Facebook page saying that Lou should have got one. And then I saw it on Facebook that someone had gotten one, so, or Twitter, so I don't know if it was Lou or not, but... Um, honestly, I just threw this in here because it looked eerily convincing, you know, like that whipped cream pink and the blood and the green and I don't know, man, that's real creepy. It kind of, uh, it kind of looks like a, a promo shot out of iZombie or something, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it really does. I like how Starbucks was actually sent like the different chains and, and places they sent them instruction sheets on how to make it. I think that that in itself is kind of neat. Like, Hey, can you give me a zombie? Uh, hold on. Let me pull up my book of all these. Cause you've seen like that Starbucks secret menu thing, right? Uh, or like, no. you, 
So you can order it. You can go to like like all these people have like made all these different concoctions of these different Starbucks drinks. Like, so when my kid goes to Starbucks, she doesn't get like a coffee or something. She wants some of these fruity like strawberry frappuccino type of things. Mm-hmm. But like you ask for all these different flavor shots in them. And, like, I, I swear to God, some of them are ridiculous. Like, there's one that's supposed to taste like Captain Crunch Berries. And, like, you're asking for, like, oh, give me a shot of caramel, two shots of hazelnut, a shot of this, all in a strawberry frappuccino. And the end result is it actually it's supposed to taste just like the thing that you ordered. Like, so when I tried this Crunch Berry one that my kid ordered, I swear to God, it was like drinking a Crunch Berry. Like, it was, it was ridiculous, right? Weird. So... They got like they got to have all these different books like because you have all these like there's a whole secret menu culture for Starbucks, like going in there and asking for different things. I wonder if this is gonna be one of those ones that you can get, but I guess it'd probably be pretty hard to get like the uh, purple whipped cream on top or the pink whipped cream. I, I mean, um, I, like Halloween stuff does tend to like disappear after yeah. the 31st, so I could see this kind of being non-existent after. Well, now, but. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think Halloween has that weird window where outside of buying the candy, there's really that two week window of Halloween being like this this thing that it, that that is proper for you to celebrate. So, um, yeah, unfortunately, it is probably gone. But I'm not big a big Starbucks person, mostly because things are just way too expensive for for what you're ordering. But I'm only just a coffee drinker, so uh, I don't delve into the the specialty drinks. So. But yeah. that that I if I was at a Starbucks and I saw that I would order it just out of sheer curiosity. Yeah, you'd have to, right? Yeah, I, I mean, it's supposed to be like some apple tart, sweet sour thing, so probably tastes pretty good too. Yeah, it probably tastes pretty good. Um, so before we get into The Walking Dead, do you want to talk about Extra Life just in case we don't run too long and and forget to talk about it? Yeah, let's talk about Extra Life in All the right. middle of the show. So. Extra Life is happening soon. Um, Extra Life proper is on the 4th, uh, but we will be streaming on the 11th, and by we, it's the Gamers In team. Uh, so Jocelyn and other folks are going to be streaming on twitch.tv slash TV. But for fans of Zombies Ain't My Podcast, we always do something a little interesting, a little bit of a twist to kind of reward you, the fans of Zombies, with cool stuff for supporting uh, Extra Life. So support Extra Life. And you can make me watch Z Nation. I know it's something that's come up on the podcast a lot. You want us to cover Z Nation, now's your shot. For every $100 level that we hit in donations marked with Zamp in the comments, uh, I will watch a season of Z Nation. So I'm pretty confident that we can get one season in. But I know people uh, have been asking, clamoring for us to watch. So what I'm thinking is, for every $100, we have a season of Z Nation. If we get to the $400 level... I will watch Z Nation live as it happens and do a Z Nation <laughs> report or whatever we see fit. But that's um, not all. Not only will you get me to watch Z Nation, you probably won't get the other two to watch Z Nation. I wouldn't put that. Nope. I, I wouldn't force them to do that. <laughs> but for when you make a donation with Zamp in the comments, you have one of two awesome prizes that you can win in a draw. So first up, we mentioned last week, Lauren has donated a signed copy of the Walking Dead official cookbook. You'll be able to get that for just donating in the name of Zamp, and we'll draw a winner on November 17th. New this week, Battle Bats. You may remember them from last week when we talked about um, 
Bob's new Lucille bat. Battle mm-hmm. Bats has offered a, another Lucille replica to uh, a lucky donator to our Extra Life campaign. So again, in order to qualify for all of this, donate at... Um, uh, well, if you donate, go to zombiesatemypodcast.com slash extra life. It'll have all the details there. But when you donate with Zamp in the comments, you'll get all that cool stuff. So you'll have a chance to win one of two prizes and you'll win the ultimate prize which is us covering z nation on the show which i know you guys have been asking for yeah so, uh, we'll probably cover this one more week next week and then we'll talk a little bit of a wrap-up after that but we are hitting the sort of finality of extra life we're getting there there's only one and a half more weeks until we do this thing and um your support is super appreciated if you go to our facebook or twitter if you see any posts talking about extra life um, you'll certainly see them ramping up over the next week. Share them, like them. It helps out a lot. So I appreciate yeah. your guys' support. And uh, I hope I hope we can give away these cool prizes because, honestly, that Lucille bat that Bob has, he says it's amazing. Yeah, you guys. Donate. So both of these prizes, so first of all, the, the Battle Bats, um, if you are a fan of replicas or collectibles or anything like that, I'm telling you, man, like this bat is like a hundred percent Lucille replica ready to go. Put that thing in a display case and you know, you could be the next talk of your Halloween party. Um, I want to talk for a second about the walking dead official cookbook by Lauren. Mm-hmm. Um, I have it here in my hands right now, Ryan. Um, I was a little worried at first cause I thought it was going to be more recipes with bugs and stuff like that. As is tradition. <laughs> but as, as you do. Um, but this has got some great actual, like really good recipes, but they all have some fun walking dead. Like there's chicken a la Lucille, um, which, which looks pretty good, but also the, you know, I, I just got the book in today, but, uh, reading some of it too, you know, like what, like she has tips on like, you know, gathering water or gasoline and stuff like that. So not only is it a cookbook, but it is, it was legitimately a, a fun little survival guide to read through as well. And, uh, you know, hats off to Lauren. Um, this is definitely an upgrade from a lot of, uh, you know, your mealworm mac and cheese. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, no, it's uh, two two super awesome prizes. So, you know, you guys have a chance to win that. And, uh, you know, all, it's, all about, it's all about the children, Ryan. It's about yeah. saving children. Supporting charity and making me watch Z Nation. I don't, I don't know. Well, it was my yeah, idea to watch Z Nation. It was, so. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it, Ryan. You won't no, do I'm it, but I it. will. I will take the hit for charity. So go to uh, zombiesaventpodcast.com slash extra life. Check out all the details. There's uh, links there to donate. And uh, you can imagine the fanfare once we hit our first goal. We will certainly be talking about it. And uh, you, you, they accept donations right up until the 31st of December. So um there's plenty of time to hit that z nation goal but we were are going to cut off the the prizes at the 17th of november so get in there yeah donate share all that fun stuff it's a great cause and we have fun each year doing it even though last year it made me uh watch a bunch of resident evil films so yeah it definitely did it did huh. uh, all right so let's go ahead and we'll get into um let's get into the walking dead and talk about uh season eight episode two are you ready ryan murphy i am ready let's do it hi rick your name is morales you were in it 
time ago. It's over, Rick. I call the saviors back. And they're coming. Uh, I left my mic on mute. Podcasting 101. Don't. I, was, I was just like, is he waiting for me? Okay. A rookie rookie mistake there. It was. Uh, I, I had a really good setup and everything into that, and uh, you'll you'll never hear it now. So that that's on you. That's no, it's on me. I'm sorry, Rick. Rick. No, your name's Ryan. I'm Ryan. Rick's in the show. He is <laughs in> the show, and uh, I yeah. wish I wish you were Rick Grimes. Aww. Um Thank you. I'm just kidding, Ryan. I love you. Do you remember Morales, Ryan Murphy? I didn't. At the time, I had to Google (laughs) it, and I was like, who the hell is this, and why should I know who it is? And, you know, last week we were talking about the, you know, plot uh, summary being like, oh, he runs into a face uh, that he hadn't seen Uh in a while. And I'm like, oh, it's got to be Heath, because he was was gone. No, turns out it's Morales, who who disappeared... In the first season, and not disappeared, he kind of went off into the sunset with his family, right? And this is yeah, the thing. Well, yeah, he uh, he was in like two or three episodes, I think. Um, it took me a little while to, to piece it together. I had to use the help of the Google, too, in order to figure out. Because I was like, was he in the show or is Rick just saying that? I, I couldn't remember, but then I remembered he was. And this was back before it was like the Rick Tatorship. And like Rick decided everything for everyone. And like... Morales actually at one point was like, yeah, I'm not going to the CDC. And uh, he took his family and Rick gave him some supplies, and that was the last of him. So yeah, I think he had a couple kids and a wife, too. So He had two kids and a wife. And, yeah, we can't infer a whole lot because this is at the very end. Like, we're kind of skipping to the end, but it is the most surprising slash huh thing about this episode. (laughs) More like okay <laughs> yeah like really okay like we're supposed to and this is the, this brings back to a conversation we had before we started recording and then you know this is very publicly being set up as a four-parter um on all the talking deads on all the interviews uh scott gimbal is saying like four episodes non-stop action so to me that tells me that like this the ending to this episode is just a direct continuation into the next episode um and the ending of the first episode is a direct continuation into you know further episodes in this block um so morale is appearing uh and you know if lou were here he he, i don't think you can chalk this up to uh ratings you know because it's morales it's uh it's not someone people were really like chomping at the bit to get back so i feel like as long as the story makes sense and it checks out and it feels worth bringing him back it is a long stretch for both these characters to travel from atlanta to washington um unless they tell negan's backstory through morales's backstory yeah you know like if they try to delve into the history of negan their excuse to do that is morales telling rick about what happened since atlanta and that just popped into my head as like a, a decent excuse to do that backstory because in the comics you can do a backstory because it's like this is just Negan's backstory, which they did as a spinoff. In the show, if they want to do that, it, it becomes a little tougher because the episodes 
aren't told from Negan's perspective. Negan is a character that just waltzes yeah. through. So, yeah, that's kind of so. I landed. you know part of you almost wonders if <laughs> you almost wonder if it actually really happened. You know what I mean, or if he's just seeing things from his past. I mean, I. I would imagine this isn't one of those things where he's no, like, like just why would he it. remember Morales? Probably one I don't of the... know. Maybe like because so leading up to that, uh, you know, I, I guess we should kind of start from the very beginning. So uh, before we get into the show, I want to talk to you real quick about the ratings game with The Walking Dead. Okay. Um, so it's been going to an all-time low now. This this past episode fell on a Sunday Night Football and Game 5 of the World Series, which are two huge things here in the United States. Um, but The Walking Dead fell to a five-year low in the demographic and the total audience for uh, this last episode. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what do you think is causing it? So basically, this show is on a steady uphill climb all the way till Negan – it it kills off Glenn and Abraham and that that season seven opener, which is one of the most watched TV shows in, in all of television, and then it just starts slowly declining, like it's it's just been slowly going down and down and down. Now, the second half of season seven I think has a lot to do with it, right? I mean, it's definitely a slower season with a lot of you know whiny Rick Grimes and scared Rick Grimes and a lot of like Neganisms. But uh, do you think? Just real quick before we dive into this episode, do you feel like the show's going down and down, or do you feel like it's still rocking pretty steady? Well, it's it's funny you bring that up. I had a so I was away at a D and D weekend at um, Jocelyn's, uh, playing D and D with some some university friends, and we were talking about The Walking Dead, and and one of my university friends and Jocelyn has both fallen off of Walking Dead after the episode where where Glenn and Abraham were killed. And the reason they decided to jump out, and I, I fully understand it, is that they were watching a show that put, you know, g- giving you an emotional feeling of distress and anxiety yeah. and just gross torture porn. And, and the, when, when Glenn was killed, it was, you know, a favorite character beaten to yep. death, but living through that beating and then interacting with characters that when we've discussed it uh, multiple times and I don't want to get into it fully, but I think the yeah. biggest distress was that he was still alive while he was being killed and they were dragging it out while he was yeah. dying. And they, they had that in between seasons portion. And there's a lot of issues with what they did both from, you know, a setup standpoint, uh, what was de- portrayed on screen and just how they pr- prolonged it. And, and, you know, it was just this general feeling of like, I don't need this in my life right now. Why am I watching this? If I would say the season premiere of season seven is the highest example of that show being really gruesome for gruesome sake. And just the setup to that episode. And after that episode, it's like, there was no way of convincing people to come back after that because there was just nothing you could do even though the second episode in season seven was one of the best episodes with with the introduction of the kingdom and, oh, yeah. and, and my sort of rundown of season seven is like well there's a machete order to that season there's like four episodes you watch it's you google what happens in the first one because 
that's what uh-huh. sets people off. You just know that who dies and you're fine with it. You watch the second episode for the Kingdom introduction. You watch the the mid-season finale for the Alexandria stuff and Negan's cooking spaghetti. Then you watch the last two episodes with uh, with the battle at the last episode and whatever happened before that. And, and that's feel, like the four episodes yeah. you need to watch. And, I mean, it's hard to argue with that. So when you look at the rating slump, I think it's just a general uh, decline as, you know, you have this major event that, that has this major exodus of, of viewers. And then you just have a show that's been around for 100 episodes and you have your diehard fans. But um, I, I was... Yeah. So my problem is I was talking about this with uh with a buddy mm-hmm. and uh we were we were kind of talking about how he he brought up a good point like he's like listen he's like Walking Dead was in a terrible spot during last season where do they show do they show what they showed because if they do they piss off a lot of fans that say they took it too far and that was like you know beyond what they needed to do and blah 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 and he's like and if they don't then all the comic book fans say they wimped out or they chickened out, you know, and they should have done it the right way. And they, it's a lose-lose situation for AMC. So my buddy was saying, he goes, you know what's weird? He's like, since that episode, he goes, I watch it. He goes, but it's not the same for me. He's like, and it's not like he's he, – he said it's not like the show's bad. He goes, but it just doesn't feel the same. And mm-hmm. I honestly kind of get where, what he's saying in a weird way. Um, I don't know. I don't know if it's just me or or what, but it, I do feel a little odd about The Walking Dead and the ratings game because watching these episodes, like season eight, the premiere, I thought was really really cool. Mm-hmm. This follow up episode, I thought was good as well. And like you said, it's going to be a four part action series, right? It's going to be like a big four hour movie almost. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like strap in and get ready for a, a crazy bumpy ride. And then we'll see what happens the the second half of the season. But I don't know. I just wanted to get your your take on it before we got too far into yeah. uh, I, I think the episode. You're, I think you're right. Like this episode was good. The first episode was great. Um, there's still the question of the flash forward slash flash sideways thing in the first episode that, that isn't mm-hmm. touched on in in this episode. Although there are some hints dropped that feed into that future view both uh the future view and the side view the just the weird shit that happened in the first episode it's kind of touched on in this one in a in a way that you can miss it if you blink but um i think amc needs to stop playing to to the ratings game like um yeah and i know that's impossible for it for a a television production yeah right You, you can say that but it's just it's like one in one ear out the other because i watched i watched the first 15 minutes of talking dead just to kind of get a sense of where people at and they had scott gimbal on and he just keeps reiterating like this is not going to be like the last season we're going to be very quick about this four episodes action-packed like you kind of worry that um they're of course correcting in a way that has them blow through all out war in half a season um yeah i don't think they will but yeah well it's definitely a concern you know um are they going to push it? Are they going to rush it? Are they are they playing too far into the ratings game and the viewership game? Like, what? There are so many things that go on with a TV show where we, you and I, could possibly just never understand, like you know, motives and mm-hmm. why we do things, and you know, it's just uh, it's one of those things. I don't. To me, it, it personally, it's I'm watching these episodes, going, man, that was good. That was I thought that was a good solid episode, you know. <laughs> um, but 
Um, it was a good I episode, guess, though. I, I like yeah. this episode. Yeah, so let's talk about the episode real quick. Um, <clears throat> you got uh, kind of a continuation of, of, of what happened. And it, honestly, I got a little confused in, in certain spots because I forgot who was doing what, where, yeah, and where they were doing well. it. Uh, there were some weird disconnects in that, mainly with Rick's group, in that yeah. they they showed... So at the end of the first episode, Rick's group runs off. They drive off. Uh, and at that point, the, it feels like there's a flash forward to them getting together and going out after this other outpost. Um, and then you have the satellite outpost where you saw those folks approaching it in episode one and kind of taking their sweet-ass time getting through there. Yeah, and, then, right. and then you had Carol and Ezekiel's group kind of moseying along and then they get they get hit by a grenade which doesn't kill anybody it just kind of slows them down so there's three distinct groups that are that are hitting this plan um all of which kind of end up weirdly i don't know yeah so you're watching it and you're like you're like wait morgan who's morgan with like who's where's morgan what's aaron doing you know there's there's tara like I'm so confused. <laughs> Morgan's a killing machine now, which is also weird. Yeah, he's a terminator, um, basically. Yeah, he he basically he's like a he's like a sniper or something. He doesn't miss shots and, um, but no, it's um. So you're watching it and like there's this like three pronged attack really or three or mm-hmm. four pronged attack where, uh, you got Aaron who's who's taking care of business uh, outside one of the compounds like you said. Now, was that was that his boyfriend that got shot? Yeah, so why don't we focus in on one attack at one, a time? So one, yeah, yeah. So the, the outpost attack, with Aaron. Yeah, yeah. That was one. Um, so yeah, that was Aaron's boyfriend or husband uh, partner yeah. that was shot, uh, and you kind of saw that coming as he extended his cover and he was the character that didn't want to fight but reluctantly agreed to, and they were making googly eyes at each other. Is there, there was a lot of things going on in this in in this fight specifically that felt like they weren't following the plan. Yeah. You know, like they were trying. So the pl- it was really cool though. I, I, I kind of admired what was going on there and that, you know, the, you know, stick with the plan, you know, just keep them pinned in and it'll, it'll take care of the rest. And the plan was to pick off enough of them, keep them pinned down until the zombies yeah. turned and then eat right. them from the inside. And, and I was like, holy shit, that's a really good plan. Never yeah. would have thought of that. Yeah, no, totally. Very good plan. Um, not the greatest execution, I guess. I, I don't know. It was it was kind of tough, like trying to figure out what was going on with Aaron's camp. A couple people getting a shot here and there, um, so he's losing a couple members. Um, but then we see his partner get shot, which is, you know, it's one of those things where, like you said, he's the one that didn't want to go, and you know, he's mm-hmm. the one that gets shot, and it's I, you know, it's kind of made for TV stuff there, but. Um, so that that whole campaign kind of ends on a sour note, really. Yeah, he walks um, away. Now they they clear out the they they, they succeed, quote unquote, but they have a lot of yep. casualties. We see um, uh, uh, quite a few people die. I'm trying to find the list, but Francine's one of them. Yeah, and yep. Uh, there's the other guy, like the farmer dude. Yep. Who was hitting on Carol a little bit? Uh, he goes down, and the the whole the the idea behind mara who's one of the lieutenants that that is realizing oh shit 
they don't have to they don't have to move in on us she kind of like accepts her fate as that zombie yeah. chows into her i thought that was a you know I, I think there's an argument that zombies are more you know more strong they're stronger when they first reanimate but like she didn't really struggle very much with that zombie. yeah letter. she she kind of just let it happen she just <laughs> rolled she? over i i thought yeah i thought that was a little weird but they were technically successful at this outpost and that's all fine and well, except for the fact that there were major casualties. And uh, Aaron, we could possibly be seeing an episode where Aaron's definitely taken off the field as he's trying to help his uh, his partner. But yeah, right. I felt like that outpost battle could have gone a bit better for the for the for the non saviors because I feel like there was just there was a couple mistakes made where they were trying to pin them in, and in the process of trying to pin them in they actually left gaps and a lot of people got yeah. shot yeah uh, it definitely wasn't like we said not the greatest execution of a plan there but all in um, all a but, good battle like but you you yeah. kind of you like you said made for tv for that guy to get shot and to create more yeah. drama so 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 we see that kind of escalate and end um still love the cars with the uh the cover built into them i think that's awesome that's <laughs> yeah, a great idea um so Let's go to. I guess we break this up into Morgan, Jesus, Tara. Uh, that that's kind of the big three, right? Of that of that one. So I guess there was four then. There's four different attacks. Yeah, you're right. So I missed one. So definitely the uh, satellite outpost with Morgan. So Tara the satellite outpost. Yeah, Morgan, um, who told someone that he doesn't die. Uh, it was very Batman of him. Yeah, it was very superheroish. Like he's like got some sort of superhero strength, and he's just like, "Yeah, we'll go with you." No, I don't die. Yeah, You're like oh, uh, all right. You've come a long way since you know you never wanted to kill anyone, <laughs> you yeah. know. Um, but yeah, no. So Morgan, I I do like the idea of Morgan getting shot and then just acting like he was dead. <laughs> Yeah, there's, um, yeah. I thought that was really weird how he was with the group that, and then he was, got separated. Well, he separated himself, right? He did, but when when they were storming the outpost, which was the same outpost from the previous or season six, um, uh, theoretically, uh, it looked yeah. Well, yeah. How many outposts do you have with two giant satellites? It was the same one. Yeah, um, same one. But when they go in. You know, there's this it's cool full of satellites. Yeah, satellite outposts. Uh, there's the moat of zombies that they've created, which I thought was a, a nice touch. Yeah, but right. they go in and they're like super stealthy. They're killing people one at a time, and uh, they they have the two shakiest guys with Morgan. Yeah, and it just happens to be the door where there's like six of these saviors. You know, and every yep. other one goes off without a hitch, except for one other one. But we'll talk about that. But then they get gunned down by the saviors yeah. and you're kind of thinking like well that's pretty nonchalant moments, way of taking morgan down moments after morgan says i don't die by the way just yeah. like but he didn't die like, no he did not he just got knocked over get a little bump on his head and they left him they left him there they didn't do anything i guess they saw the pool of blood from the other guy who got shot the who the was weird. not dead as well no no like did you see him like kind of breathing still i did see that yeah yeah it was a little weird morgan just was kind of like staring at him for a minute like uh huh. Yeah, um, so yeah, so Morgan kind of just does his own little heroic thing afterwards. Though, so before we get into that, so he's separated from Jesus and Tara. Now, Jesus, who has just been nothing but 
whatever we need to do, you know, like you're whoever, you know what I mean? Like, let's do whatever it takes kind of guy. Um, he suddenly, there's that weird, <laughs> that moment where they're going around killing all these saviors and then they find that one guy hiding in the closet. Um, which I thought was a, you know, I think everyone could predict the setup going there, you know? Um, I don't know if you saw it coming, but, you know, basically some guy that pissed his own pants in the closet and <laughs> was, was like, um, please don't, please don't yeah. shoot me. It was really weird because f- so far with the saviors, every one of them have just been bloodthirsty assholes. Yeah. Um, and that falls in line with the way The Walking Dead television show and comic is structured all the bad guys are super bad guys and they'll always will be except for the one that turns and then helps the good guys like dwight but he's yeah. he was an asshole to start with and then this he guy was. like is in a closet and he pisses himself to get the drop on these folks it's just like the the line he had that we played at the beginning of the segment was fantastic yeah oh yeah and that made up for just this turncoat that they set up that made up for the whole thing i thought that line was like <laughs> okay i'm glad they included this guy because he had a quippy line about pissing himself right yeah, um no. <laughs> but the fact that he does like the double turn on you know tara being like no we should tie him up and jesus is like no we have to be good he's surrendering and then he gets the drop on jesus is just like you got the drop on the kung fu jesus like any other time he would have been like pow, wah, pow. he would have been fine yeah, exactly but- like, he's like the the guy yeah he's, it was kind of weird um and i don't know if it's because he was just trying to be like you know you know helpful jesus or or what but i think he was just trying to be the opposite of the other person in the room who was claiming we needed to kill everybody and i and i saw where jesus was coming from but meet tara halfway and like tie the guy up he is a savior you know yeah and well that's just it right like he like you said he is he is one of them yeah um so yeah it it was just kind of a weird almost again to add a little bit more tv drama to where i don't know if you really needed it um i was kind of hoping now this is going to sound sick because so jesus they end up tying him up instead of killing him um tara's not happy about it they start to fight (laughs) jesus and tara do about you know what has to be done and you know you know go from there but uh the one thing that surprised me was at the end, Morgan goes on a killing rampage after he gets up from his fake death and um, must have killed like 15 people, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Um, just like walking the halls going, hey, my name is Morgan. I kick ass. Nice to meet you. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you're watching that. And he comes out and he meets Jesus out in the, in the in the light, and he's like going back to all this stuff that he heard. Like, he's got the past Rick saying, like, "Oh yeah, we can beat them. You know, we just gotta, you know, with yeah. the people here and like he actually, just really honing." Yeah, he Go comes ahead. out into the light, and he he basically it's it was it was well set up in that before he comes out, they show a scene of them finding all these people surrendering. And they, they say, oh, let's not show them how, that we're as stupid as they think we are. Let's put our guns down and surrender. Yeah. And it showed this first, like, this first thing that happens in every war where you have armies surrendering because they've been defeated. Not right. everybody fights to the death. And before that, we had just seen people, like, firing at each other, like, you know, 
fighting to the death and to see this surrender yeah. kind of shows like oh shit this is all at war it's it's a war and morgan actually as he's working his way through the compound catches up with yeah. that surrender and he's not too happy about yeah, it he yeah he comes out at the time where jesus got everyone now jesus wanted everyone to surrender tara wanted to kill everyone and i thought that was pretty interesting and uh so they they actually do surrender but when morgan comes out i thought he was going to go out there and kill every single one of them at least <laughs> kill jesus. one or two no i i just thought he was going to grab someone's gun and be like <laughs> like jesus would be like well fuck <laughs> like um but you know and now now you got some infighting with you know rick's group like mm-hmm. what's the best way to handle this and you know morgan who went from like not killing anyone to let's kill them all because rick told us to mm-hmm. We are now in a weird spot of, you know, is our 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 heroes going to be kind of fighting on what we need to do? Um, you know, what's the best course of action? What are you going to do with all those hostages? You know, uh, the saviors aren't going to want to do anything. They're not going to play any sort of. Well, game, the saviors won't obviously. take hostages unless it benefits them, right? Um, right. Like, but I'm just saying they won't even trade for them. They won't do anything with those groups. But um, they'll look at them as traitors for not fighting to the death, right? Yeah. No, basically. And I, and I think that's where your Catch-22 lies is that when people surrender, they are effectively not saviors anymore. Um, yeah. And maybe Rick will see that. Uh, but I, I kind of see where Tara's coming from and that these people are evil and they need to be, they need to be stopped. And, uh, yeah. And you even see that when Morgan comes out, he latches on to the person who killed the kid, right? At the at the kingdom standoff. Yep. That was him. And I was like, who is this guy and why should I care? It's like, oh, right. Yeah, he's on the... I was yeah. surprised Morgan didn't just pop him right there where he's standing, you know? I really he, thought it was going to happen. Yeah. He had history with him. And the the thing is, I um, I see where Tara's coming from, but I'm, I'm more on Jesus' side where it's like, if they surrender... And they're bad people. Like, yeah, you have to build infrastructure, put them in jail, try to rehabilitate them. But you can't become the bad guys by just putting them all down. Like, well, that's that's somewhere you, something you can't come back from, right? Well, let's talk about that because Daryl and Rick split off in, in one of the main compounds. Now, I don't know what their goal is exactly. That's mm-hmm. to find weapons, right? They find a heavy them, weapon cache. Yeah, Dwight told them there was a weapon, uh, whole weapon things split in there but um so daryl's going and he finds a cell much like the one that he was put in right and that's about it <laughs> like basically just brought up memories of his past right i don't am i missing anything with that with whom daryl oh yeah daryl daryl doesn't do much in this episode besides walk saying. down halls he basically found an old cage like he was a cell when he was in a cell with the can of food and which I assume was dog food and like it just looked like it was basically where he was staying when he was captured. Yeah. Um, and that's that's about it for him. Basically, he yeah, he doesn't even kind of come to Rick's aid at the end. He kind of he goes in an opposite opposite direction. Yeah, he finds the the cell and and probably rekindles that hate for Dwight because he might have been starting to turn it's like in our eyes as audience like we're like oh well you know daryl has to kind of forgive dwight he's actually pulling through and i think that moment of him finding the cage was his sort of like nah he is a dick and he has to die yeah. you know right and so 
I think that was his yeah. only purpose. Yeah. Um, so the end of it, Rick, he ends up in this one-on-one brawl with this dude as he's looking for the weapon cache. And uh, he, at one point, like this, him and this dude are just fighting. And Rick, Rick was like, where are the weapons? You know, like telling the guy, like, you know, tell me where the weapons are, blah, blah, blah. And this guy, and like they're like Rick's basically got him in a chokehold after like a a, a a long battle, a long fight, and uh, he goes, "Ah, oh, the weapons over there." And the guy's like, "No, there's no weapons over there." And uh, Rick's like, "Oh yeah," and like I don't. <laughs> Rick ends up killing the dude, and uh, going into that room and finding out the guy was protecting his daughter who was in that room, right? Mm-hmm. And at that point. Rick kind of, I'm not going to say panics. What's the right word for this, Ryan? He's disgusted. He's he's just like, he's looking at himself in this mirror. He just killed this girl, like this girl's dad, you know, this baby girl. And all the dad emotions come flying through. But Yeah, I mean, I don't want to appear heartless, but um, these people were clearly there protecting something. They're saviors. And, you know, I think it. Th- this scene was meant to be... Now, there are arguments that this scene has some longer um, uh, implications in the show with, with the baby, Gracie. But uh, let's focus in on what actually happened and that there was someone defending what could have been a, a heavy weapons cache. And, yeah. uh, you know, he fights this person. He has no idea that, that he's protecting a daughter he doesn't mention it but they don't really get a chance they get into this big yeah, fight they just kind of fight yeah and then he hooks him he throws the guy against the wall impales him after he figures he can't get any information yep. off this guy and then when he discovers this baby i think it it's good f- it, it, it was uh, i think it's in terms of a storyline it's it's rick discovering like shit these are people they're not all evil we need to be more careful we can't be negan in this well that's that's just it like it's that moment of who's the bad guy right now you know what i mean like who's who's the terrible person like we we do all this talk about uh you know negan but is is it us isn't him like you're in this you're you're borderline doing you know you're you're doing it's not for revenge I, i guess it is kind of for revenge they kept saying that it's not for revenge but where, where do you draw the line, right? So, like, you're you're basically trying to kill the person that tried to kill you. Mm-hmm. Does that make you a better? Does it make you the same? You know, and that's kind of where we are with the show right now is, I don't know who the bad guys are. <laughs> yeah, and they're kind of blurring that line, um, which is awesome, which is interesting because in the previous season, they made it pretty clear who the bad guy was, and Rick could pretty much do anything and yeah. not appear to be the bad guy. And I think that's where that season faltered is that it, it, it put Rick's group too much under the heel and it took too long with that. And with this season, it's starting to blur that line. Like there's stuff that happens in the first episode where he lets a walker eat somebody just because they're a yeah. savior. And in this episode, he, he kills a man in cold blood, you know, in a fist fight without even thinking about it until he discovers her, his infantile. Now, the theory yeah. here... It, it, this gets a little bit wishy-washy but gracie's room there's a bunny in the crib the bunny is the same bunny that we see in the flash forward what does that mean to some people it means that there's some implications that uh, you know the person who died 
and he's so distraught. Could be Judith, uh, could be Gracie, and they just maybe they take Gracie in. Like, what does Rick do with this person? And obviously, he's got the whole Morales um, yep. obstacle get to get through first. But there's yeah. some <laughs> there's some interesting ramifications here like rick being a father having killed this this young girl's daughter or young girl's father like what does he do with this newborn is it a prisoner of war now like do you do you leave gracie there knowing that she doesn't have any parents anymore yeah it's the only reason gracie would be there is if her mother wasn't alive anymore you know right yeah and not to mention what is she what is this like one guy like locked his i don't know that's so kind of weird to me but it's a little weird um, Yeah. Maybe it's I mean, Negan's daughter. Could it be one of Negan's daughters? Does Negan... <laughs> no. Um, oh, does he not have a... He does, yeah, he doesn't have a penis, right? He shoots blanks. <laughs> no, oh, but kidding. I thought it was bigger than Rick's. How could it... Uh... <laughs> it's still a great line. Um, so my thing is I want to ask you about is, do you think... So we didn't get any Negan or Gabriel this episode, so obviously we're going to see some of that in the next couple episodes. Mm-hmm. I mean, how do you how do you make a story about two guys surrounded by walkers in a, in a trailer? It's pretty tough, I guess, but I think you make an, again, like, um, there's a lot of possibilities there, but I think you can, you can have a very interesting conversation between Negan, who's kind of a, a narcissistic asshole and yeah. a priest who, um, ha- knows how to talk to people is the best way to describe that character. So yeah. I think putting them in a room together, knowing that they can't, they have to work together to survive or they you know they can't really kill each other it's not really doesn't accomplish anything yeah there's at least a good conversation coming up between those two oh yeah it's gonna be an an epic episode i think when it happens but um i do you think they're cutting down on how much negan they put in an episode or in a season do you think we got a negan overload in seven maybe you think it was just too much for people? Like, I think Negan's so over the top. I feel like he was too much for a lot of fans, and they have to kind of dial it back a little bit. I, I, I mean, I see that. I see that point. Um, in that, maybe people's biggest issue with season seven was that uh, Negan was was too much, too much to handle. Yeah. Um, but uh, I don't know. I, I think. Jeffrey Dean Morgan appears to be a big part of the show. And I think the reason he wasn't in episode two is because it would have distracted from the already oh, yeah. four pronged attack, you know, cutting back to someone stuck in a trailer. It would be mm-hmm. tough, but I think especially when they had to put their shitting pants on. Yeah. But there already are some previews up for um, the next episode and they've, they focus on Morales and Rick. So I think you, yeah. you, you definitely start there. Um, it will be interesting well, yeah. to see. How do you not? I mean, he's held up a gunpoint. Yeah. yeah, I don't know how you how you don't. But um, Negan, I think yeah, you could make the argument that Negan was seen too much in the first episode, and he is a cocky asshole. And I think he he um, he needs to be used sparingly because he can come off. You can you can get a little sick of him, right? Because he yeah, I'd he, say for sure, yeah, yeah. So I I don't know if he'll be in the next episode, but he'll certainly be in this four part arc. He's not good. I just I just feel like people were almost like, is he a good guy or a bad? Like a lot of people like Negan so much, it wasn't like he was a bad guy even after he did what he did. And I think the show's got to get away from that. And like as as charismatic as he is, 
they got to somehow figure out a way to to get people to hate him, right? Hmm. Uh, I mean, I guess that that would be my end game if I was, you know, the writers on the show. Like, how do we get people to hate Negan? Well, at this point, it's kind of tough because he's kind of locked in a trailer, and Rick's <laughs> yeah, group yeah. is is tearing through town, so. The only way you get back to people hating Negan is if he does something truly despicable, and it's kind of it'll be tough for him to do that uh, where he is. Yeah, um, right. Yeah, we'll it's, uh, yeah, we got we got some time. We got another week or, to find out, I guess. And uh, it looks like you're right. It looks like we'll get a little bit of a Morales story. Who knows? Maybe Daryl will come in and save the day or something. Oh, uh, he's definitely going to pop up. They're in the same floor, right? So, well, they're in the same compound at least. Yeah. So. I mean, something's going to... It would be interesting if that guy just ended up killing Rick. <laughs> like, what? What just happened? <laughs> if Morales comes back just to kill Rick, like, that would be... Uh, yeah. People Abraham's would definitely there. check out. <laughs> I, I miss Abraham. He'd be great right now, wouldn't he? Yeah. Oh, Abraham. Oh, Abraham. Um, anywho, uh, so that's basically a, a whole synopsis of the second episode. I thought it was a pretty solid follow-up to a, a good premiere. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I'm excited to where the show's going. I'm actually a little more excited to see how they wrap this little arc up about the beginning of All Out War and, you know, kind of where it goes after that. I think All Out War is obviously going to, you know, last at least another season after this, but it'll be fun to get this little first attack over with, you know? Hmm. So. You think it'll last a while then, eh? I think uh, at least to the end of this season, till till nine. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I still think we got some more work to do uh, as far as making sure that we get everything set to where it needs to get set before the next story arc comes in. So we get plenty of time. Plenty of time, Ryan. Plenty of time. All right. Well, do you want? To, should we do this feedback? We should because it's been sitting here, and I yeah. I, uh, I think it's it's worth talking or at least mentioning now that we're back in walking dead territory so yeah this email came from uh tal who's been a a big supporter of the show emails us often uh do you think the walking dead is a show that endorses trump values i know you probably don't want to talk about politics on air but there's been a lot written to suggest it does in the uh commentariat it's a fancy word i've tackled the issue with some (laughs) colleagues in an academic article and i thought you might find it interesting uh tldr we argue no but i have to say i'm not so sure that fear the walking dead is as liberal as the walking dead prime there's a lot of evidence mounting that you've got to be crazy to survive on the west coast anyway always enjoy listening Mm. and have to say a huge congrats to ryan for the birth of abigail naming your kid after a boat and fear the walking dead is a real commitment (laughs) anyways a parent of two the youngest of who just turned two i can tell you honestly that you'll be very tired for the next year or so but it gets better how your partner allows you to play all these games, I'll never know. I'm now restricted to a couple hours a year, usually on Father's Day or my birthday. Sigh. Uh, he links to the article here. Uh, it is an academic article. I think you need a subscription or something. But obviously we don't want to get into politics. But if we look at the core, um, and also I, I do, uh, we touched on Abigail from Fear the Walking Dead and, and choosing Abigail as my daughter's name. Uh <laughs> Did you ever mention that to your wife, by the way? Like, no, oh, I hey, should honey. though. She would probably maybe I lean into it and say like, yeah, I, I suggested Abigail because of Fear the Walking Dead. You just you just allowed me to name. My, my <laughs> you should just make her watch like the first 
Strand episode of Fear the Walking Dead, and like when he at the very end when he sees the boat, he goes, "Abigail, you should pause it and go, eh, eh, eh? what do you think?" <laughs> um. Anyways, uh, yeah. not not to talk about politics, but if you look at the core of both these shows, I think you can kind of ignore politics and just look straight at the fact that the Walking Dead world is dominated by just bad people, uh, people who are evil for for the reason just that the world has gone to an end and they can now act like this i'm not talking about a specific party or anything we're not going to get into politics but when you look at the walking dead and fear the walking dead the constant is that there's just shitty people everywhere and that's the theme of the walking dead that's how they progress the story it's just a series of assholes and uh it's a it's a series of progressively worse assholes (laughs) yeah yeah exactly um the further you get into the apocalypse, the more you realize that maybe you got to be a giant asshole to to survive and thir- like to thrive, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like you know, the the more we look at it, so like ever since the the governor, you know, the governor had Woodbury. It was a pretty big community. He did a pretty good job, but he was a freaking he was an asshole, right? Mm-hmm. And then um, you go a little bit further in that, like you know, the big the next big bad, you know, you get like the uh, what the were hunters. they? The huh? The hunters, right? Yeah, the hunters. They're cannibals, and they were bigger assholes than the governor because they ate people. They ate Bob. Remember that? They mm. ate Bob. Tainted, tainted, meat. tainted um, meat. So then you get like Negan, who's like just kind of like one of the biggest assholes that we've seen so far, and you're like, dude, like this guy's the biggest asshole we've ever met on the show, and like <laughs> each one of them is a little more successful than the last one. <laughs> yeah, like there's no. There's not many democratic entities in yeah. either Walking Dead scenarios. It's usually a dictatorship or some kind of rule under thumb scenario with Negan. And and Rick, I think, comes more in line with you have an elected official. It's not democratic, but everyone kind of agrees that it's for the best that this person kind it's, of like take points. It's the rectatorship, man. Come on. Sure, yeah. But I guess you could go to that length. And but and then with Fear of the Walking Dead, it's like, yeah, you have to be crazy because everybody's just out to get each other. And I think that show that's the issue is that they portray everybody as crazy on Fear of the Walking yeah. Dead. And I think that's the, why we kinda dis kinda a little bit despise that show. I, I think so. And like, you know, one of the lines that always sticks out to me is in season two, right before the prison, when the group was separated and they finally got back together. I think it was the season finale where Rick went on and on about they're all going to listen to him because it wasn't a democracy anymore. Um, you know, it, it kind of makes you, you could turn a lot of this show into politics or related to politics. <laughs> and there's plenty of, plenty of both sides of what Tao was saying here on Trump values or just political values in general. Like the whole plot of the walking dead is always been people interacting with other people with the zombies there, you know, it's like the tagline of Shaun of the Dead. Shaun of the Dead is a is a love movie or a romantic comedy with zombies, right? Um, the Walking Dead has always been about like Kirkman's whole thing was how do people interact with each other, you know, during a zombie apocalypse. So it, it, it's interesting. Um, I never really thought of it in a in a political sense like what we're going through right now. But um, no, it's a good 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 feedback. Makes mm-hmm. you definitely makes you think. Well, yeah. Well, well, in this in this age where um, there's a lot of stuff happening politically, it can be 
tough not to look at your favorite shows and favorite movies and kind of try to figure out mm. how this applies to your real world and um yeah walking dead is certainly one of those where you can make extreme jumps and 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 think that but uh i think generally it's just uh everybody in the walking dead is a bad person and if you <laughs> yeah. if you feel there are bad people in politics you can be kind of tempting to see like holy shit this is just like negan or you know uh stuff like that but yeah it, interesting article check it out if you're curious um uh tal does good work so check it out check it out everyone that's probably gonna do it for us ryan hmm. let's get into the wrap-up buddy Let's do it. Uh, make sure you support us. Patreon.com slash Zombies Ate My Podcast. Uh, we really appreciate everybody who throws a couple dollars our way each month. It goes right back into the show and makes it even better. Go to our website, ZombiesAteMyPodcast.com, for a bunch of links, including our Twitter page, at Zombies Podcast, Facebook, uh, Google+, YouTube, our Extra Life page for more details on how you can win a Lucille replica from Battle Bats or a signed copy of The Walking Dead official cookbook by Lauren Wilson. Uh, you may be familiar. Also, you can find individual hosts on Twitter, myself at R. Murphy, Lou at Busy Zombie Lord, and Bob at Bobbert F. Finally, a quick shout out to Joel Duggan for the artwork. You can find his stuff at joeldugan.com. Dot com. Do we really still use Google Plus? I mean, no, we don't. I think it just automatically posts there. Just, just stop it. I, it's not <laughs> just, even no. It's just, just stop it. Can we get an Instagram page? Is that? Uh... Yeah, I guess we could probably try Instagram. I don't sure. know how well that works with podcast. We'll I give it a shot. Oh, why we'll not? Yeah, who, who knows what could happen? All right, all right. It's yeah. It's yeah. Oh, oh. Snippy snap. Some filter action. Mm. Hashtag filter. <laughs> <laughs>